Welcome to Edge of the Rabbit Hole. I'm Mike Ricksecker. With me as always is Vanessa Hogel and our chat shenanigan. Wait a second. Tourist music on my end so let me pause that <laughs> and our chat shenanigator shauna down in the chat room so we have a very special uh guest this evening andrea perrin is back with us we are very very excited a uh, couple quick little housekeeping things uh white rabbit notification squad you guys make sure to do your thing make sure uh, people get notified that we are now live and if you're interested in that contact donna gorton also, if uh, you are a new viewer, please go ahead and subscribe. Click the little bell icon for notifications. Um, Vanessa, any other housekeeping we have? No, I'm good. Let's get to Andrea. All right, let's get to Andrea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Andrea, how you doing? Good. Quit wasting time. Let's go. Let's, let's get go. this party on the road. <laughs> I know, right? I've been on the road all day long, so I'm actually happy to be in one place and not traveling at 80-ish uh, miles an hour. Yeah, what have yeah. you been up to? It seems like you've been all over the place. I have been all over the place, and, and I don't even, uh, in the midst of, um, I can't tell you too much about it. It's it's a, a real big deal, and I'm very excited about it. Um, but I have uh, I have a cat on the counter. Could you get down? <laughs> Could, uh, if your mother saw that, Oh my! Wow! God. So bad! She's so bad! <laughs> this is little misbehaving. Now that now name. that mom has gone to bed, it's time to misbehave. Yeah. 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 What are you doing? Oh my God! She's get off the table! Oh my! I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, cats. You're okay. Really. Cats. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have four of them, but she's the uh. bad one. She's the evil princess, <laughs> <laughs> and she's mine. Right. So, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So anyway, um, in, in the midst of, okay, so, all right, here's what happened. And I'm, this is, I'm making this announcement on your air tonight. Nobody but nobody oh. knows about this. I told Exclusive. my father this morning. I told my mother this evening. And these are the only two people on the earth that know about this until I tell you now. Um I've been working like a maniac. Um, I did the first screenplay. I'm about, I would say, two-thirds of the way through the second screenplay. And uh, approximately two and a half or three weeks ago, something just hit me like a bolt out of the sky. And I put everything on hold. Everything on hold. Didn't open up my screenplay didn't answer my phone was barely out in you know cyberland uh and for about the last two and a half weeks i wrote a book a whole book wow and I'm publishing it friday <laughs> wow a book in two and a half weeks and you're publishing on friday wow yeah that's amazing yeah. it is well congratulations um, Thank you. Uh, it was like opening a vein. It just poured out of me, absolutely poured out of me. It was the easiest thing I've ever done in my entire life. Mike, you've read my work. Oh, I've yeah. read yours. We're both meticulous when it comes to our work. Um, absolutely. You know, and we and we labor it, and we go over it and over it, and you know, I mean, we we read it out loud to make sure that it flows in the yep. mind's eye, in the in the ear, in the head, 
of the reader. I mean, you know, we're both exactly the same when it comes to our writing. Uh, the only other person I know who is as neurotic as we are is Christopher Rondina. Uh, and if you haven't, you'll meet him at the Ocean State Paracon. I can't wait for you to meet him. You two are <laughs> going to become like instant best friends. Cool. Um, and he is a fantastic writer, just like yourself. Um, but um, this was different. This was uh, literally, it just poured out of me. Uh, it wasn't like channeling. I've never mm -hmm. channeled. I, I don't want to channel. I don't want to. I have enough gobbledygook in my head. <laughs> I don't have room for more. And right. I don't to just be a conduit. I want to develop, you know, bring uh, information in, certainly, but then develop my own perspective about it. I don't want to just be a mouthpiece for, uh, and, and I don't, oh, see, that didn't come out right. Oh. <laughs> you know, I mean. You're I good. Can, You're good. You know, the people that do that. Uh, it, there's a very specific, uh, I mean, they have to literally empty, empty, yeah. every, you know, and then, and then fill that void in and shoom out. I can't do that. I'm full. I'm, I'm like, there's no room at the end from the neck up here. And so, um, what I did was I wrote a book in two and a half weeks. I'm editing uh, the last chapters of it tonight and tomorrow. Um, and I'm going to submit it on Friday. And uh, the title of it is A Wonder to Behold. Hmm. Uh, guideposts for uh, uh, interaction with the galactic family. Oh, oh wow. interesting. Yeah. Any, uh, any sneak peek at all? There are some things that have happened to me in my life that I've talked about in public. Mm -hmm. And then there are some things that have happened that I've never talked about in public. Uh, and I included, I think, maybe six or eight incidents uh, out of literally hundreds, if not thousands, uh, over the course of since I was 13 years old. And I'm a few months away from 60. So this has been, you know, and I, I tell people all the time, I was a ufologist before ufology was a word. Right. You know, it's uh, something that even though when I was first uh, engaged, and uh, that's how I think of it as being uh, engaged by them uh, at, as a young teenager, it, uh, it has been a per pervasive part of my life. It's been, it's, it's always perpetually on my mind. Um, it's a part of who I am. And the foreword of the book is called Giving Up the Ghost. Um, no way. That's the title of my second book. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's, you know, because people think of me as, you know, somebody that's connected with spirit and, and who, you know, experienced that living in the farmhouse. Right. And, and yes, that's true. But... I, you know, when I was telling my father this morning, who, by the way, when I put the manuscript in his hands, he, he cried. He's like, you were born to do this. Yeah. You were born to do this. And I thought he'd be a little bent out of shape because I had taken a hiatus from, you know, there are people waiting for these scripts out in California, uh, waiting to move forward with feature films. 
and I'm making them wait three plus weeks longer than technically they needed to. But I, this was, I, I felt compelled to do this. Um, I did. It was not something that even felt like it was my decision. Uh, and when I tried twice to break away from it, now let me preface it by saying that I came up with the title of the book a little more than a year ago. Okay. And hopped on my computer, of course, and what do we do? We go open a new Word document. What is more exciting than opening <laughs> a new Word document? I ask you. <laughs> Nothing. And, um, and all I wrote in it was a wonder to behold. That's all I wrote in it. And then I saved it and I closed it. And whenever an idea would strike me or hit me, and sometimes they come out of absolutely nowhere. Right when I'm right, I'm smack in the middle of doing something else that has completely engrossed me. And yet, boom, I'll have this thought. And so all I have to do is go to my desktop and open that file and just dash that thought down, close, save it and close the file. Well, I've done that for a year. And just writing down thoughts as they occurred to me. I had 57 pages of thoughts. <laughs> That's a lot of thoughts. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and so a couple of weeks ago, um, I was just about ready to you know, get back in and go right back to work on the second screenplay. The first one's done. And I opened up that file instead, and I never yeah. closed it. It's been open for more than two weeks on my computer, and I leave it open so that it's it's like flash bulbs going off in my brain. Include this here. Take that here. Mm -hmm. Move this over here. No, that needs to go there. No, talk about this. You know, and it's just boom, 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 like rapid fire. Um, one epiphany after another of this needs to be included and that needs to be included, and really all that I did was. What and I I don't know if you know well Mike you're you're about to find out uh, at Ocean State but when I do these conferences uh, anybody that wants a uh, formal introduction to the Galactic Family uh, I do that I expedite that um, process and I teach people how to have conscious contact. Uh, it's the easiest thing in the entire world. I mean, it takes me all of five to ten minutes. Yeah, I've heard about you doing that. I mean, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people come with me, and I sing. I just sing. They have their favorite songs. And once I do that, uh, it's not that they come when called. They're already here. But what they will do is make their presence known to anyone who is prepared to see them. And I always tell people, you know, if you're in any way fear-based about this, don't come out with us. You know, you don't need to. You can. I can take you out personally, one-on-one, -on -one, like tomorrow in the middle of the day. I have more <laughs> sightings in the day than nighttime anyway. Um, so I just, I, I want them to be completely, totally open, receptive, and comfortable. Uh, and it's a big deal to people. I mean, I've had men 70 year old men weeping in my arms saying oh. i've waited my whole life to see this thank you thank you thank you last year in sault Ste. marie uh i had one of my readers came up to me afterwards and tears were pouring down her face i mean bless her heart 
And she said, I owe you a huge apology. Hold on just a minute. I have to write something down. I just had an idea. Hold there you go. I'm and sorry. This is exactly what a writer does. Yep. <laughs> yep. One. It's right. Oh, great. And I just smeared it on my, on my calendar. <laughs> Wonderful. That's all right. I can still read smear. Um, and she said, I am so sorry. I said, what are you apologizing to me for? She said, I came out here tonight on a dare oh, with wow. my husband. And I don't believe in this stuff, and I never have. And what I saw tonight completely, totally changed my mind. I'm, I'm paraphrasing now. I can't remember exactly what she said. But she said, I have to go home now. I have to go apologize to my mother, to my uncle, to my grandfather, wow. to my husband. And I'm going to start with you. I'm sorry that I ever doubted you. And the... <laughs> Years. Oh, my God. She was so emotionally moved. See, what people don't understand, and so many people that work in ufology are scientists, you know, PhDs, yeah. the yin-yang. I mean, I, I feel like the dumb kid in the room when I go to these events because, you know, I've only got two degrees and they've got ten. Um, <laughs> and it's um, it's my approach is entirely different this is not you know you don't need to use your head you, you you feel with your heart you don't think with your head you feel with your heart when you want to make contact with them and so that's what i wrote about and how and how it's a higher love when you connect um you know and it's only 10 chapters it's only going to be about 160 pages so it's a quick easy read but i think that when people finish it they're going to think very differently about the world and the cosmos so you get the first um <laughs> notification well, I thank guess. you uh, thank you andrew um, hang on hang on vanessa real quick uh we have a 20 dollars super chat from andrew cox he says thank you for being here andrea love your story sends light love and peace so thank you andrew thank, thank you andrew god bless um Andrew, I have, a, I have a quick question. Um, based on what you and I were talking about before the show started, do you feel that this energy that we were talking about, um, this propelling forward, this projecting forward, is being guided by those that, that you commune with to a certain degree? It's happening because this is the time for it to happen. It's happening because this was supposed to happen or it would have happened another way. Um, this is, um, remember the big hoopla in 2012 about the end of the world, it's the end of the world, oh yeah. my God, it's the end of the world because the Mayan calendar ended oh, yeah. uh, in December of 2012. Uh, and of course all the lunatics came out and said, you know, Save your Dixie cups. The South will rise again. Um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and um, <clears throat> it was the end of the world. They were right. It was the end of the world as we know it. That it is exactly what I told people. Yeah, it was the end of the Piscean Age and the beginning of the Age of Aquarius. Yep. And the Mayans and their wisdom knew that we wouldn't require a calendar after the end of the Piscean Age because time and space are irrelevant. They're machinations of 
our own um, fabrication, as it were, as in the veil, uh, which does not exist. Uh, that's something that we put in place to make us feel safe and composed, as it were, in a still very uncertain three-dimensional five-sensory realm. That's what we know of as life, but that's not the truth of our existence. Uh, the cosmos is infinite, and it, there are multiple dimensions um, that exist at, I think, perhaps might be layered uh, based on the experiences that we had. And Mike, you and I talked about this in Ohio yeah. years ago, I remember, yep. just like completely usurping your table and taking over <laughs> and having this long oh, it was great with you it was well i fell madly in love with you instantly you know there was no mistake that you and i were directly across from each other and that yeah. we watched each other interact with people and that we made that connection it was an energy connection between us um i just think the world of you i'm so thrilled Likewise. that you're coming to the ocean state paracon because I get to share some of my life with you. That's the town that I grew up in. Right. That's where the farm is. And um, yeah, I'm extremely excited to, to be there and get to see your world. You know, just I've gotten peaks of it here and there. Of course, I, I read the books, absolutely yeah. fascinated with all of it. And so yeah, to actually be there with you and get to experience it firsthand, I think it's gonna be absolutely amazing. Ken DaCosta better have put us in the same tent. He says that he put us next to each tent. other. Okay, well, because that's how it's just got to be. That's <laughs> just how it's got to be. Uh, otherwise, I'll kick somebody to the curb and make room for you. Or you just come in and hang out at my table. We with do me. that, yeah. You know, because really, uh, our connection is a profound one. And I believe that it's an ancient one. And one of the things, Vanessa, that you were talking about earlier, about all this... Um, uh, psychic and kinetic energy that just seems to be burgeoning now, just seems to be explosive. A lot of people who are creative are creating massively in short periods of time, in bursts of energy that uh, it seems, in fact, you know, my father looked at me this morning and I said, I wrote a book in two weeks. He said, that's impossible. I said, nothing's impossible. Absolutely. I was telling Mike, um, I painted a picture of an Indian man with peacock feathers, mm -hmm. almost as a crown. They were over his head. Mm -hmm. uh, they were behind him, but not attached to a headdress. Yeah. He was he was in braid, and I, I had no intention of painting him. I saw him, um, and I was going to bed. He would not let me sleep until I got up, pulled all my paints out, found a canvas and painted him in its entirety, no pencil sketch, no nothing, straight from the brush in one sitting. Yeah. Didn't even wait for the paint to dry before I started a new color. Didn't yeah. care. Yeah. And I just, it's really been that way for, for about the past two to three weeks. It's been insane. Mm -hmm. I can't stop. Yeah, I can't stop either. And the culmination of the energy, the bursts of it. I even put something on my fan page, the Buttercup Brigade. I put something on there about, you know, to all my my people, my tribe. Did you feel that? I mean, I can't remember what day it was. It was probably a week or so ago. Um, I was doing fine. Everything was fine. Uh, you know, I've been getting a lot of downloads and a lot of noises and, you know, stuff and kind of headaches right here. 
but that's typical. You know, when you're in the midst of spiritual ascension, you're going to have all kinds of different symptoms. Um, and I've been dealing with it for years, and they've mostly subsided. So, uh, you know, I've been okay with it. But suddenly, uh, my head felt like it was twice its weight. I could barely lift it. Uh, and I'm sitting at my... It's so much easier for me than you having to yank out all the paints and the canvas and the this and the that and make a mess and all that. I sit down at my computer and I just, blah, I mean, out it comes, um, but never at the rate that it is now. Never it's like a regurgitation of prior knowledge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, really just, just to hear you talk about that, Andrea, to me is amazing being a writer and having that kind of uh, inspiration or, you know, whatever term you want to use for it and just have it pour forth like that. I mean, yeah, kind of like Vanessa said, it's to me, that's just truly amazing. And I mean, I've had spurts of those moments, but to have a whole book just flow out like that. Yeah. I, I can't wait to pick this up. Yeah. It's um, I'll send you a copy. Well, thank you. <laughs> With love. And the the I, thing is, is, I mean, what you're, what you're describing, we've, we've sensed it before we've had, instances before but this is completely different this is so much more of a grander scale it is it's completely different and I believe um, none of us know I don't think we're even supposed to know for sure I think that this is supposed to be an unfolding and that we're going to learn as we go and that earth is probably a really big ass classroom um, <laughs> you know, I, really, I, I think that we're here to learn what love is. I think we're here to understand, you know, we put all these terms and we use post-it notes to, you know, label everything. But I really do think that unconditional love is part of our journey here. And to be included in that is unconditional love of oneself mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, and I think that's what they're that. trying to teach us. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do believe that's part of what we're tr that what they're trying to teach us yeah. is love and acceptance of oneself because we can't project that onto another human being if we don't feel it for ourselves. Well, yeah, that and Vanessa, I think you're exactly absolutely. right because I, I think not having that self-love makes everything else in life that much more difficult. Absolutely. Yeah, well, you know, I, I was... Um, I was on a, an L.A. talk radio show uh, recently, and the host started talking about this. And I said, you know, what are you talking about, honey? I am drop-dead gorgeous. <laughs> and she started laughing, and then I said, we all are. We Absolutely. All are unique and beautiful and special and light. We are the light. We are... Um, you know, if you believe in God, uh, and most people do in some way, shape, or form in a higher power, whether it's infinite mind or prime creator, source, you know, we call it a lot of different things. But I really do believe that there is some creative force in the universe that created us, and I mean all of us, the galactic family the vast majority of species that have visited this planet or are currently residing on it with us are humanoid. Almost all. Yeah. And I think that's an important consideration uh, 
you know, based on all the research that I've done. But my sense of, of all of this is that it's happening for a reason. They're here for a reason. Uh, they came en masse from all over the universe about 70 years ago. And according to the Honorable Paul T. Hellyer, the former defense minister of Canada, who had access to all kinds of top secret information, and he has since divulged it at the tender age of 92. Um, he said they came when we started blowing off hydrogen bombs and atom bombs and looked down and said, oh, no, the children are playing with matches. Yep. No, I believe that. I used to work for NSA, so <laughs> yeah. I know there's definitely stuff hidden under there. Um, oh, so, yeah, there's yeah. massive stuff hidden. But, you know, at least now, I'm you know, pitiful as it was, um, we uh, do have formal governmental disclosure now. It happened December 16th, 2017. Uh, came directly out of the Pentagon. The Department of Defense totally circumvented the White House to do it. And I was like, yay. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, now, how, mu how much of that do you think we're really going to get, though? I mean, are we getting the whole truth, just pieces, you know, maybe a... Now, a about a week later, I did a video and I, and I said to my viewing audience, um, Nobody walked into the Pentagon on December 16th at 9 a.m. and said, let's tell the world the truth today. Sure. Let today be the day. This was well-planned, sure. well-coordinated. It was uh, played down to a certain extent, um, uh, to a marked extent. And, they, and according to my take on it, they gave us uh, what I described as a snowflake on the tip of an iceberg the size of Antarctica. That's yeah. what they gave us. So they're like, here, here, here's your little tidbit. Here's your crumb. Here's your morsel. Don't look over here. We're doing this over here, but you don't need to look over there. Look over here. Well, and do you this think it was a distraction? <laughs> I, think that they, I think that they had to do something. Uh, and I think there's a reason for it, and I think that that reason has yet to reveal itself, but I do have some sources in the uh, what they call the top 35, uh, 35 levels of security clearance above the presidency. Uh, and I know a couple of people that uh, I keep running into at UFO conferences, and they're there to monitor things they're there to kind of take it all in yeah. and see what we're talking about and what are we doing and how close uh, are you i've get? got kind of friendly with a couple of them and it's been uh fascinating and the one that i've gotten closest to won't tell me much of anything but but i do know that there just by the way that he won't answer certain questions. And I ask very lucid, pointed questions. Um, and uh, he, he's just like, I can't really talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that's an answer. That's, yeah. an that's answer. a big answer. Yeah. You know, depending on the kind of question you're asking. And if you're asking it a certain way, a denial is a confirmation. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I'm, um, 
I'm I'm very excited to see what the future holds. I think that uh, according to the messages that I've been receiving, landings are imminent. Uh, and these are messages that I've received just in the last few weeks. And as Vanessa was saying, all of this seems to be coming to a head, kind of like to a boiling point where there's going to be some major uh, developments. So, well, you've been talking for a while that you know this is the most important thing in our history that's going to be coming up here. Yes, this is it. I can't think of anything more important than knowing that we're not alone in the universe. And I don't use the word knowing lightly. I don't. Uh, I think that we know nothing compared with what there is to know. Oh, yeah. I think that is absolutely the safest assumption for us to make. Yeah, humans like to put themselves up on a pedestal just because, you know, we're supposed to be the most intelligent species on Earth, but I I think that pales in comparison to the rest of the universe. Have you looked around lately? I know. Because there is no shortage of (laughs) blithering idiots. No shortage. (laughs) Absolutely true. And that's, I've always said that I'm like, the thought that we could be the most intelligent beings, you it's know, horrifying. Yeah. that thought keeps me up at night. <laughs> okay. That, that terrifies me yeah. more than any madman standing in front of me, pointing a gun at my head. I, that, I, uh, I, I mean, can take a madman. I'm a yes. big, strong, kick-ass woman. I can take a madman. <laughs> You can't fix stupid. Yeah. Well, just no, just logically, come on. Willful just, ignorance. You just can't. just logically, we've been right. around as a planet for about four billion years, and we're yeah. one of the younger planets in the universe. So that's mm-hmm. given other uh, civilizations out there much much longer periods of time to learn and develop and just completely surpass us. And it's it's not even close. Andrea. Something you just said just a couple of minutes ago really struck a chord with me. And I I want, please indulge me for a moment. I'm not even going to tell you what you said, but I want to read something to you. Won't take but a moment. This was a dream I had. I wrote it on November 28th, 2009. Pouring rain and battle cries, blades shred innocent flesh, hooves pound earth, nature is bruised, Blood pours the stench of death. Through masks they stare, hooded eyes see all, villages they burn. Children scream, mothers weep, many pages left to turn. The gods above gaze down in shame at the destruction we have wrought. Faith, pride, and glory, it's all in vain. Victory is bought. Limitless coin and purses of flesh dipped in a pool of greed. That pool turns black just like the soul, the doer of the deed. The day will come when all will see vengeance born in fright. What's taken once will be returned a thousand days of night. I'd call that prophetic. I had that dream November 27th, 2009. I got up and wrote that November 28th. I just this weekend painted a post-apocalyptic painting and wrote that poem on the painting. I didn't even know we were going to have you on the show at that point. Well, you know, something I, big is coming. Yeah, something very, very big is coming, but I, I don't think that it's going to be an apocalypse. No, not in that sense. No, it's going to be as earth-shattering as our, our, our vision of apocalypse. 
Um, it's going to, I think, uh, alter the world structure, societal structure as we know it. Uh, I think there's a really good chance that um, this country is going to get kicked out of the UN. Uh, I, 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 we're on our way. Yeah. Um, I think that what's going on right now is the paradigm shift. This is uh, a chasm uh, that's as wide and deep as anything that has ever existed in my lifetime. Uh, people are not even able to be civil with each other, not True. even able to show any respect toward each other. Um, I was uh, appalled the other day, honestly appalled, when I saw uh, a picture of a little Mexican boy with his hands wrapped around bars, and there was a, a comment underneath it that said uh, they need to electrify that. We need body parts. We'll make him American one piece at a time. Ooh. I Unforgivable. lost it. Oh, that's... I lost it. I lost it. I couldn't believe there was another human being on this planet that could even conceptualize something that evil. But, you know, people need to make no mistake here. We are in, you know, I once criticized one of my favorite authors, uh, who now is one of my fans, <laughs> which is kind of amazing. Um, but um, Stephen King wrote The Stand, and I was really excited yeah. when it first came out. I was like, I gotta just delve right into this. And at the end of it, even though I found it to be uh, a compelling book and very well written, um, I wrote to him and I said, and I didn't know him, and I said, I thought that his treatment of existence, human existence, was uh, very simplistic. And that basically it all boiled down to uh, the battle between good and evil. And he's right. He was right. This all boils down to the battle between what is good and what is evil in humanity. And here's the ticker. Good always conquers evil, because if it didn't, none of us would be here anymore. You're True absolutely enough. correct. You're absolutely correct. And two points. Most people think apocalypse means destruction and everything, when in fact, and you can look it up, ancient Greek, it actually means an uncovering, a disclosure of knowledge. Yes. yes. Mm -hmm. That's the actual Greek origination of, of the word. But this is what, uh, the point that I think that we need to make is that you're absolutely right. There is always that balance of good and evil and, and, you know, and the good overcoming the evil. But what we're seeing today and why this uncovering is so necessary mm -hmm. is the cloak in which evil has disguised itself. Mm -hmm. That is the most frightening thing is evil nowadays is not open-faced and obvious like it's been in the past. It's disguised in so many forms. You know, I don't want to start a fight here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. Because, you know, usually when I start them, I win them. Um, <laughs> but, uh... Bring out the gloves? 
Yeah. Oh, I don't need the gloves, hey, honey. Look, I, I am great. wearing a, a Rocky a shirt. Mighty Mix Jim right here. Yeah. Oh, okay. That is pretty hot looking. Yeah. That is really hot looking, actually. <laughs> you can take your shirt thing, you know, your outer you can Oh, my that. gosh, y'all. That's really, that's really, no, really, that's very attractive, Michael. Very lovely. I'm not looking. Okay, so um, anyway, um, I think it's the opposite. I think that what is... Um, has been most insidious. Uh, I think that a lot of stuff over the last 30 or 40 years has been allowed through inaction to um, kind of fizzle to the bottom of a very large cauldron. Uh, it seems to me that that's where all the toxic stuff, like silt in a river, settled. And I think there was an element of this society that was hidden, really, other than within their own communities, relatively well hidden. In the last two years, we have seen tacit approval and permission to be ugly with each other, right from the top. And it's like a flamethrower was set underneath what was a relatively placid cauldron. And it got heated up, and then it got hotter, and then it boiled over. And all the toxic soup is coming to the surface. Uh, and we're dealing with, I have, in the last couple of years, I have felt rage, hatred, uh, that I didn't know I was capable of feeling. Hatred. Um, you know, we all, you know, we all know who I'm talking about. Anybody that follows me knows I'm, you know, they know how I feel. Uh, and I know that this has to happen. And I know it's ugly. And I know it's horrible. But the fact is that we are addressing issues in our society now that are changing the world. And I'm going to give you several examples. And I'm going to start with a lion before anybody rode down an escalator and started running his mouth. There was a lion that was murdered by a dentist. I remember uh -huh. that. I remember that. 30 years ago in yep. a preserve, uh, in a place where that animal was supposed to be protected. And he paid extra money to go in and kill this animal. And it took more than 48 hours for this great creature of the earth to die and that creature died in agony 30 years ago nobody would have known about it and if they did they might not care now that man's had to close his business relocate go incognito start a whole new life someplace else i guess i, I, I there were death threats against him because of what he did because suddenly the world knows about it and cares about it. Suddenly. Yet, you have a particular sandwich shop owner that is known all over the United States who is guilty of that and more. And I've boycotted it. I won't go I won't go to this particular chain sandwich shop. But I know hundreds of people who do on the weekly. Mm -hmm. And I'm like I can show you what he's done. Yeah. I can show you 
giraffes, probably one of the most docile creatures on the planet. Yeah. And I can I can show you what he's done and nobody cares because he makes a good sandwich. Well, you know what? <laughs> the more you tell people what mm -hmm. he's done, the more they're going to care. Um, so at the age of global communication, yeah. ignorance is is a choice. It's a yeah. Choice. Yeah. There's there's yeah. a lot of transparency these days. That's I mean, right. it's just it's one of the things you have to get used to in the new world is yeah. you're you can't hide anything anymore. You can't hide anything. God knows. And if you put it on Facebook, chances are it got sold across you know the pond. Um, it it's we're living. It it is a brave new world. It is. We're the ones that have to be brave to live in it because the sacrifices that we are making in terms of our, in order to be the collective, in order to uh, integrate with each other as a whole, as one race, we have to go through this really extremely uncomfortable time to do that. Now, I'm going to extrapolate out the point that I was making. Um, I think that it... Uh, it started with a lion and then a beautiful gorilla was blown away because a mother was too stupid to keep a handle on her child. And then, um, you know, and everybody was like, it's just a gorilla. You know, I had a couple of gorillas myself on my wall who are no longer there, who thought that it was ridiculous that I would be upset about that. It's a gorilla. Okay, it's an endangered species that was supposed to be there to be protected, not blown away with a submachine gun. Right. Okay, so, you know, and, oh, I, you know, and then when I say that, the answer is, well, you know, would you have rather that he drowned the child? You know, that's not the point. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that, you know, we should, we need to be more responsible. These animals are in our care. These animals are supposed to be protected by us, not made vulnerable. So, you know, it kind of defeats the purpose of keeping them, you know, for breeding and for uh, preservation if we're going to allow things like that to happen. So that was my point on that. And then, of course, um, we've had a whole series of incidents, uh, including um, post-coronation, Charlottesville. And all of a sudden... Our world has changed because what we thought was a little finite subculture was suddenly marching through the streets of one of the major cities in this country, chanting blood and soil. And they were deemed very fine people. I have a real problem with that. Yeah. Huge. Okay, because if you don't call evil out for what evil is... <laughs> It's our job to do that. And then we had the Parkland shooting, which was, you know, not far from where I live. And the yeah. Pulse nightclub shooting, uh, where there were people online that were, and I have a point to this, people online going, oh, God, thank God, there's like, you know, 60 less queers in the world. Unacceptable. Okay. Yeah, that's... Okay. Um, okay. People had to see that and be appalled like I was with the little Mexican boy with his hands on bars. Had to be appalled by that. What I am saying is this is the toxic soup that's coming up. Now when Bill Cosby, and yes I will use his name, Bill Cosby 
was accused by, I don't know, a half a billion women of uh, every aberrant sexual behavior you can name, um, I thought that that would be the beginning of a movement. It turned out to be Harvey Weinstein. And yet what these men have been accused of, there's someone else I know who has been accused of the same things and has gotten away scot-free absolved of every infraction there are people yeah, in a lot this of people do that have sold their soul to the devil for a seat on the supreme court and that is the truth no you're absolutely oh, yeah. right yeah and, and that's kind of what i'm saying is it you you gave the best example with, with charlottesville is the good people you oh. know that's what i'm saying is that is there is so much of that horrific behavior hiding behind this cloak of piety. Right, yeah, which is all a crock. And now we have the Parkland kids that have started a whole new movement across this country and across the world. A handful of kids, kids. And we thought this was like the dumbest generation ever and that their faces were all planted in a smartphone and they were te texting their friends and taking selfies. And what they were actually doing was plotting to take over the world, thank God. Because someone with a brain's gotta do it. So, you know, regardless of where you come down on the gun issue, nobody can deny with a straight face that we've got a problem. When we have 30 million more guns in this country than we have people, we've got an issue. Um, so they're trying to address an issue. The kids at Columbine didn't do it. The kids at, you know, even though they tried, it, the families at Sandy Hook weren't able to mobilize society this way. But these children brought millions of us out to protest this. Millions and millions. You know, I've... I don't know how anybody could look at what's at, at the shift that's occurring societally and say that, you know, this is, we have the Me Too movement, we have the No More movement, we have the This movement, we have the That movement, we have the Other movement. Boom! All of a sudden. All of a sudden. And what's happening is that, well, first of all, 73 million people who were eligible but did not bother to vote in the last election are awake. They're suddenly yep. awake. Like, oh, what happened? What happened to my country? What's happening to my democracy? What's happening to America? This is, I love it. I love my country. I love my country. And this is, I, I've always thought this was the beacon, you know, for the world. And suddenly everybody's turning their back on us and all of our allies are suddenly enemies. And all of our enemies are suddenly friends. And the world has been turned upside down, inside out, by an ideology that exists to shake up the paradigm. You know, and I said I knew that I would be healed from this debacle when I was actually able to say to those that supported these changes. Thank you. Thank you for ushering in the paradigm shift. Thanks for having either the courage or the willful ignorance or the, you know, 
you know, go pray for him. You know, all you evangelicals, you go right ahead and go pray for him. Pray as hard as you can. <laughs> pray for him. Pray for all of us. You know, and, and this is all happening for a reason. And, you know, I, there might be some people right now out there going, well, this isn't paranormal. Well, if everything is one thing. It's all connected. It's energy. It's all connected. And what Vanessa and I were talking about just prior to coming on the air was that so many people are having all this energy infused into them and and suddenly care about things that they never seemed to care about before. That's all happening for a reason, too. There are so many people that are making contact. I'm showing them how. I'm just one of many that are showing them how, that are trying to, because of my own experiences, leading the way so that we can integrate, so that we can come out of this dualistic darkness light 3D world that's just riddled with illusions and lies and deceit and greed and rise above out of this. More and more people, I get hundreds of messages a day, hundreds a day from people telling me, not all of them, but a lot saying, I just saw a ghost for the first time. I've always believed but I never had an experience before, and I just did. And you know, and it's because they're tearing down the veil that they put in place. They're they're removing their own veil. We're going from three dimensional to four dimensional, which is the seeing and the sensing of spirit in our realm, in shared realms and dimensions that are all interconnected, interlocking and layered on top of each other simultaneously. Yeah, the world is awakening from this archaic structure that we've had in place exactly. for so long. Yeah. yeah, well, George and I did a world awakening for right. two and a half years. And <laughs> that was your show, yeah. had you on, as a matter of fact. That's true. We had you on the show. Yep. Uh, that we had a great night that night, by the way. We did. I should pull up that archive and share it. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, and we, we talked a lot about these things, mm -hmm. you know, two, three four years ago when George and I started before any of this happened. But I kept saying then, it's coming, it's coming. Yep. I don't know what's coming, but something huge is coming. Well, something huge is here, bigly even. And We um, talked about it when we had you first on our radio show. Yep, yep, yeah, absolutely. Back when we were a radio show. Hey, we have and an interesting uh, question here from, from the chat room, since this is you know very uh, recent development. Um, so Betty Lange is asking, uh, what do you feel about children being addicted to a uh, oh. game like Fortnite with blood and gore? Um, <clears throat> I've never played a video game. I don't know how to work a video game. I don't know what video games look like. Um, not my cup of tea. Put a copy of Emerson's essays <laughs> in my hand and I'm happy. Yeah, but as far so, as like its influence on, on the youth of today. Well, I can only assume, based on what I've heard uh, from about some of these games, that I know there was one a while back uh, that involved uh, hunting down and raping women. Came out of Japan, I believe, uh, and there was a big uproar in this country about you know that shouldn't be even rated M for mature is unacceptable. It, it's uh, all it does is propagate that kind of behavior. Well, I guess the jury's still out on whether or not you can take that kind of behavior in a game setting and then transfer it over 
to real life behaviors. But even if there's a chance that somebody can assimilate that information in a way that, you know, is already working with a sick mind or an intellect that's in some way impaired or a moral fiber that's non-existent, um, I think it just makes matters worse. Uh, it's hard for me, you know, because there's a part of me that thinks that, you know, we should, just because we can doesn't mean we should. Right. You know, and yeah. I think that there's an overarching moral lesson there and that touches on many, many things. You know, uh, I have issues with there's some, you know, oh, God, it just grosses me out. Uh, there's some uh, pornography where... I can't even I, I can't even express yeah. how horrible it is and what really happens to some of the women that are filmed in these, you know, slasher films and B movies that are actually just filmed rapes and filmed murders. And these things really happen. Um snuff films. Yeah. Yeah, snuff films. Yeah. And uh you know, I mean, the child sex trafficking that's going on around the world, uh, the uh, immigration status, not just at our own border, but what's happening all over the world, people being literally displaced from their home countries and their cultures um, and putting themselves in boats and half of them wash up on the shores. We have got real issues to deal with in this world and until we come to the understanding that everything is one thing and all of us are existence and we are each, we're all in this together. I always keep that up as one of my banners uh, somewhere um, in my presence because I truly do believe we are all in this together. We are going to either succeed as a race or we're going to fail as a race. But I come down squarely on the side of success. I have to believe that we're smarter than that, that we will figure this out, that we are waking up and that we are making our spiritual ascension. I believe there is a wave of consciousness raising going on across this globe right now and it has taken on a momentum and a life of its own. We aren't turning back, we're moving forward. And it took everything that has transpired over the last couple of years to turn up the heat at the bottom of the cauldron and have everything sputter and boil over because that way it could be identified. It came from the darkness into the light. And once we saw what we were really dealing with, now it's time to, to address it. Now it's time to address it. And I have never seen a time in American history where we have, myself included, hit the streets by countless millions in protest over one thing or another, whether it be the treatment of women, whether it be the gun issue, whether it be, uh, you know, the, the whole thing that happened in the NFL with uh, uh, the abuse, the spousal abuse yeah. and all of that, and they addressed it as, as a league. 
Um, you know, the, I, I'm not even going to discuss the Colin Kaepernick thing because that's just a travesty and just a, a made-up manifestation of shifting the story to a, a different, uh, you know, a different, it, it, it's, it's all a lie. It's all based on a lie. The man was protesting black people being blown away, not disrespecting the military. You know, it was a, it was a, it was a lie. Let's just call it what it was. And, um, you know, but all of this has to happen. All of it does. And the reason that I believe that it is happening now is because this is the time. Now is the time. It's well, the paradigm. Well, let me ask it's you this. Age of the Aquarius. Yeah, Age of Aquarius is now upon us. Okay, you've been talking a lot about there's a, you know, a lot of these negative things going on in the world. Yet a lot of people are becoming awakened. So are we due for this? We talked about it earlier, you know, good versus evil. We do for this confrontation soon. We're in the midst of it. We're in the midst of it right now. It's a war of words predominantly. If we're not careful, if we're not conscientious, if we're not more loving, see, this is all about fear and hatred. And the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is fear. Right. And hatred is born of fear. And so while the flames of fear are being stoked with nitroglycerin, there is one and only one antidote to it. And that is love. It is the preeminent force in the universe, I believe. I think it's the glue that holds the atoms together. It's the invisible space uh, in space and it is the core of our existence and I believe it's the reason why we're here so ultimately we have to make a decision are we going to heal this planet and heal each other and love each other and embrace everyone and include everyone and tolerate I hate the word tolerate you know, it's like, oh, I'll, I'll put up with you for a little while. Yeah. I won't bake a cake for you, but I'll put up with you. You walked through my door. Okay, these are the things that we're having to deal with. And there's no, there's no stone left unturned. I mean, I can't think of any societal issue that hasn't had a dark, underbelly that hasn't reared itself in the last couple of years and not just in this country worldwide mm -hmm. so as this shift occurs as the awakening occurs as the lines of demarcation are drawn between good and evil darkness and light love and fear greed and generosity these lines are being drawn and we have to pick a side. There's no walking down the middle on this. There's just not. Let me pick ask you, yeah, let me ask you this. So we've talked earlier about how we're all down here learning something. I would like to think that, you know, we're, as we're learning and we're awakening more, that that is a lot more toward the good side yeah, <laughs> than the bad side. Yeah, I agree. So, I wouldn't want to be here anymore <laughs> if that weren't the case. Right. You know, because life is freaking hard enough. It is. You know, I didn't anticipate this battle. 
this late in my life. I thought we were kind of basically moving forward, even if it was incrementally, we were moving forward as a society. And I feel like we've just taken quantum leaps backwards. But there is uh, establishing a certain equilibrium, a certain balance um, that is what we really want to attain ultimately. And it's not going to happen overnight. I'm sorry, I'm so freaking mm -hmm. hot. It's like 98 degrees here in Georgia, it's ridiculous. Um, oh, that is summer, but you know, still, I'm so. <laughs> I got fans on, the air conditioning's running, and I'm like, right. I'm melting. What a world! <laughs> world. Oh, all uh, I need is my hat. Um, my broomstick parked out back here. Uh, you said something though that that really it really hits home, and it hits home to to something that we talked about just a bit ago, when you were listing off all of those qualities that we're having to deal with right now. The biggest one that always speaks to me is the ego. And that is, to me, those with the, the biggest egos are generally the ones that have the, le the least self-love. Yes, I agree with that completely. And In fact, I would even say that um, when you see a case of egomaniacal behavior, I would say that the... Um, you know, you flip that coin over, and what you see is not a lack of self-love, but actually self-loathing. True. Yeah. True. And an extensive ability to cause damage. Yeah. It's going to take a long time to repair. It's going to be a big fix. Uh, yeah. Not just repairing, uh, repairing relationships around the world. You know, I mean... Uh, Wow. But, you know, one of the things, and Vanessa, I know you know about this. Mike, you're probably, like, totally tuned into this, too. You tell me if you can just nod and tell me. Okay. But part <clears throat> of the uh, whole um, notion, and, I mean, people, the spiritualist community has been talking for decades about this is coming, this is coming, this is coming, and now it's here, and we all feel the change, and we all feel the shift. I call it the holy shift. Um, <laughs> and, um what we're what we're really addressing is ourselves yes what we yeah. find tolerable what we find abhorrent individually and what's happening is we're um we're clanning up we're tribing up where all the spiritualist people and the paranormal people are uh watching this with utter amazement no matter what side they're on watching this with utter amazement because this was predicted for so long and anybody that's been immersed in this field for any length of time is well versed in the prophecies around this coming out of the spiritual end of the community um, and one of the prophecies that came out starting when, God, I was in my 30s, was we're coming into the age of Aquarius, yada, yada. Uh, this will be the rise of the sacred feminine energy. Women will rise up and take over the world. It's coming. It's inevitable. And we're reclaiming our power after being suppressed for centuries upon centuries. Um, and I thought 
that the rise of the sacred feminine energy would look different and would have a different name. Mm. But there is one leader in this world right now who's got like, I don't know, 14 degrees and uh, absolutely brilliant and a woman. And her name is Angela Merkel. And all of our, dare I say, former allies are going to her for guidance. She is the rise of the sacred feminine energy, and it is a woman. And Angela Merkel is the leader of the free world right now. She is. She's calling the shots. And somebody who will remain nameless (laughs) threw a handful of candy at her in Canada and said, don't say I never gave you anything because she dared to challenge him. Interesting. Wow. 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 Typical. Yeah. Well, but this is, this is, this is the grand expose. You know, Mike, I got to say something to you and I hope you blush because this is on video. Uh Uh-oh. I've never met a finer feminist than you. True story. (laughs) I've never met a man so in tune with feminine energy. And you're as masculine as it gets. I mean, you are. It's, It's not that. It's your sensitivities and your sensibilities and your respectfulness. Um, your seems to be implicit understanding of the female perspective, uh, always open, always willing to discuss, always willing to share, always willing to help, and always willing to learn more. Um, and I and we need about two billion more of you to achieve real balance in this world because there is a war going on. It's just not a a war of weapons, and yet words are weapons, and words declare wars. And we have got to have way, way more. If you could just pick up a cloning machine (laughs) on the well, this is this is what I'll say to all that. First of all, thank you very much. That was very, very kind of you to say. It's Second, all true. Secondly, I give the credit to my mother. But at some point, you took responsibility for yourself. Well, yes. Decided what was the appropriate way to treat a woman. And the biggest thing that people need to know about Mike is, is not just what they see, but the fact that Mike does one thing that is absolutely amazing. And having worked with him for so many years, I can say this personally. Mike never feels threatened by a woman and a woman of power. Why would I? (laughs) He celebrates it. Absolutely. (laughs) And the the fact that the sacred feminine is on the rise, I'm all for it. You know, um, for any men out there, take notes. No, because when... When the world was run by matriarchal societies, we didn't have all these wars. We didn't have all this conflict. It was much more spiritual. And it's not just a flip of, you know, women running the show instead of men. There's uh, much more spirit, uh, higher spiritual grounding uh, to the world. Yeah. And so, higher vibration, yeah. really. I mean, because we're the nurturers and the yep. life bearers, not the destroyers of life. Yep. And 
there's just no denying that, you know, men have a proclivity for making war. And, you know, women, um, women bring life into the world and, and men destroy it. And that's just how it's been for millennia. And it has to change or we will not survive. And it's, it's even beyond that because it is, you know, these uh, powerful, predominantly male figures who are, for all intents and purposes, raping this planet. This is a living, breathing organism. Yeah, and we're all connected to it. Struggling. And it's the only home we have. We don't have a sec- second option. So, you know, I say, let's figure out a way to clean our oceans. Let's figure out a way to stop the meltdown at Fukushima Daiichi. Let's figure out a way to clean up the disaster that happened at Chernobyl. Let's figure out a way to clean up an oil field that has spread for thousands of miles along the bottom, measuring 20 feet deep in spaces. Yeah, um, so deep that they can't even send a human being down to measure it. It has to be done with drones, underwater drones, to measure what happened in the Gulf of Mexico. You know, it took five years to clean up the Exxon Valdez, and that yep. was before. Uh, yeah, that's small compared to the Gulf. <laughs> oh, and, oh my God! It was in close. Yeah. Yeah. Let's stop this. Oh, let's drill in the Arctic. You know, don't we? This whole climate denier stuff just makes me want to yeah. strangle people. I mean, it makes me insane. Um, uh, you know, my mother um, has this book. My mother, when she was in college, you know, like a long time ago, um, read uh, a book. Um, by Dr. Paul Ehrlich that predicted everything, everything that's happening now in the world. If we do not embrace and love and take care of each other and love our mother earth, the human race is destined for extinction and the earth in time will heal. And the species that we haven't caused to go extinct will evolve and will take over the earth and we won't be here to see it yeah i uh, i always go back to george carlin on this of all people um he always he had a humorous approach to it but it was very true where you know the whole save the planet mantra back in uh in, in the 80s um you know it there was a wrong way to look at it. The earth is going to be spinning around the sun for billions of years, you know, Mm -hmm. but you know, and it it could be a rock at that point. It's save us, you know, (laughs) because we're the ones that could be extinct and the earth will keep going around and around. The, the, the rock mass will still be there. We might not be though. Well, let's just put it into perspective real quick, just for, for anyone watching that isn't aware of simple science. (laughs) Out of every living organism, out of, out of every living species that's ever been on this earth, less than 10% are here now. Yeah. So yeah. 90% of living species that were on this earth are gone. 
Yeah. What makes us think we're so special <laughs> that but, it can't happen to us? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, I don't know. It, us even if it's we're not in our lifetime. To it. Yeah, even if it's not in our lifetime, the, it might be in our grandchildren. The human ego. It's that human ego. Human it's ego. Hubris. Yeah. It's, it's hubris. Yeah. Um, yes, it's, which is it's, dangerous. Um, hubris always takes people down. <clears throat> it always does because it is... It's base. It's the basest of uh, human expression. Um, it is inextricably linked to ego. Uh, and it is not until we relinquish our ego, I think, until we relinquish our ego and the impact that it has on us in much the same way that I tell people, if, if you want, if you feel that you're fear-based, and you want to be free of fear, the, the singular most effective way to rid yourself of all fear is to embrace it and love it and thank it for every single time it intervened on your behalf as your intuition, as a little tap on your shoulder that said, don't go there, don't do that, don't get in the car with him, don't, no, uh-uh, stop. Um, that's what fear is for. It's supposed to be a tool that's emotionally, um, like, um, danger, Will Robinson, you know, danger, danger, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm dating myself, but somebody, <laughs> <has>. um, <laughs> lost in space. Uh, and, um, I think that ultimately we're evolving at a rapid rate. We're starting to understand, uh, in a way, almost like, oh, I hate to use the reference, but a mushroom cloud, where there's this spark inside a tiny atom that envelops everything. I think we're coming into an entirely new awareness uh, as a race that we do have uh, a time limit. We do have, and we're pushing yeah. it. We're really pushing it. Uh, but the technologies are starting to come out, uh, and I think that they probably existed prior, but they're starting now to come out where I was just talking with my mom about this tonight. I don't even know how we got on the subject, but uh, there's a group of college kids um, that have created a machine that uh, cleans the ocean. And literally... I love that. Nice, nice. You know, see, I mean, they're getting, like millions of tons of debris that we have thrown into the yeah. ocean and they're cleaning the ocean good because they're sick and tired of seeing fish and whales yeah. washing up where their stomachs are full of our garbage and it killed them absolutely you know, tired of cutting off coke can rings from the necks of sea turtles sick of it sick of it and so it's that level of responsibility. When we buy into the notion that we're not only our sister's keeper and our brother's keeper, but that we must honor and cherish our mother Gaia, when we come to that, then it's not about our ego anymore. It's not about the one little O. It's about the one big O. And we are one. When the divisions between us, the breaches between us are healed, and we get to a point where we can just simply honor and cherish each other 
as fellow human beings, regardless of the color of your skin, regardless of who you sleep with, regardless of who you love, regardless of what you create or what you do. You know, it harkens back to Germany in the 30s, where the intellectuals were weeded out of society. The intelligentsia was taken off to prison camps and murdered. The gays were weeded out of society, uh, turned in by their fellow neighbors, and then suddenly disappeared. We cannot return to a time on this earth when that was the status quo and the norm. We must not. But the only way that we can confront that level of evil is for it to rear its ugly head. Because when it remains in the darkness and the shadow and no light falls upon it, we can't see it. And if we can't see it, we can't cleanse it. So that's really what this all comes down to. And that is the crux of spiritual ascension for humanity. Fantastic. On that note, we're going to have to wrap it up. But that's a fantastic spot to wrap it up at. <laughs> Andrea, it looks like you're getting hot. I know I'm sweating over here. And we oh, have a, I'm burning up, yeah. honey. I look, I, you know, like sitting <laughs> yeah, under a heat lamp. Yeah. I'm having a hot You are. Vanessa's <laughs> oh, no, correct. just but... spoken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we do also have another show to get to here in a few minutes as well. So let's go ahead. And uh, Andrea, we do really want to thank you. Uh, it's been a fantastic, fantastic time. So let's get to uh, some quick shout outs and then we got to turn the show over. Okay. So, um, of course, we want to thank Andrew Cox, our super chat superstar tonight. Uh, thank you very much, Andrew. Uh, I know Tom McNicholas could not join us tonight. So, um, Tom, I know you'll watch the replay. So, gotcha. Um, all right. Well, we want to thank our chat shenanigator, Shauna, down there, who will be joining me for the next show, which will be fantastic. I uh, also do want to say we have been uh, simulcasting both on uh, Periscope and Beyond the Light Network, which uh, is on Spreaker. And of course, we have our main gig here, YouTube. Uh, $10 super chat from bd flint another super chat superstar thank you very much bd for all of the support um there is candy orton down there betty lange thank you very much beat three airspace zippy davis we got donna gorton our cheshire cat in the house uh, a lot of people in the chat tonight so i'm going to get to as many as we can and uh and then we'll turn it over so uh loyal dog thank you very much for joining us tonight uh, Andrew Cox, thank you as well. Bonnie Halperin, our other Cheshire cat. Thank you very much, Bonnie. Twitchy Witchy, thank you for joining us tonight. And there's Pungai Fungi. <laughs> Always well, have fun saying that. <laughs> I love when people use their real names like yeah. that. That's just so inspirational to me. Uh, and there is Lynn Bowling from uh, the Buttercup uh, page. She's mine. Yeah. She's mine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's like my personal person. Yeah. Okay, just so you know. Lynn's awesome. No, I, I'm familiar with Lynn. Yeah, definitely. She's fabulous. She is. Uh, football stuff worldwide. Hey, thanks for joining us tonight. And we have the Haglin in the house. Uh, we have Spooky Dawn. Thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, Trisha Egley. Thanks for joining us as well. There's Betty Warner. Thanks for joining us again. Um, who else do we have here? Let me scroll a little bit here. Um, Pamela Rainey, uh, Katie Palmer, thank you very much. There is Beyond the Light Network. That's Chuck Banks. Thanks, Chuck. Uh, we have Sean Gilmore in the house. We'll be investigating with you this weekend. Uh, Bree Jones, thank you very much. Grizz, uh, one of our Deep Down the Rabbit Hole uh, 
Patreon patrons. We have a lot of those in the house tonight. Shay Carroll, thank you very much. Uh, Kathy Siliento, thank you as well. There's Sherry Wankel, Shauna's sister. Um, Tim, thanks for joining us tonight. Um, what else do we have? We've got a, uh, just a couple more. Uh, Robert White from Australia, thanks for joining us. And Aussies, yeah, oh, we got a few of them in the house. There's Sean Oldsmith, oh, another man. one of our they're, Aussie they're friends. Rocket people, oh, they yeah. are. I'm... Oh yeah. And I'm gonna scroll back down, and there's uh, Lenora. Uh, thank you very much for joining us again, Tim Schoen. Thank you. And I think that is going to do Adele Tammy Heitzman. Uh, I got to throw you in there, and a little Dorit Lisa as well. So, all right, so. If we miss you, sorry. There's a lot of people in the chat tonight. It is still scrolling very, very fast. Uh, Jill Nimchinski, I hope I'm saying that correctly. I uh, got you right there. Okay. So, Andrea, again, thank you very much. Really do appreciate you coming. We always have a fantastic time. And, oh, Ocean State Paracon. So, we're going to be there um, yep. whew, July 14th and 15th. 14th and 15th. Yeah, yeah, I'm actually going to Rhode Island on the 12th. I'll be doing some TV interviews and stuff like that on the 13th to promote okay. the event. Uh, so I'll be there for a few days, and I'm so looking forward to it. I can't wait to show you my hometown, Mike. Oh, my God, I'm so excited. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. Uh, I'm looking forward yep. to it. And Sault Ste. Marie also. I'll be there in August. Um, come here, Sammy. Come here. All right. And let me, before we go, I want to introduce <laughs> you to oh, Vanessa. I want to introduce you to Vanessa's dog. She's right there. Oh, see, look, here's Cha-Cha. Sammy is my baby. Hi, Sammy. <laughs> oh, what a lover. Look. <laughs> Cha-Cha is like passed out back there. <laughs> She's my lazy little fucker. Cha-Cha, yeah. wake up and look at the dog. Okay, come on. Tell me there's Hi. not a canine connection here. <laughs> there is. I will Beautiful. let you go and get with your next show. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, this has been absolutely delightful. We always talk about new and interesting and different stuff. Oh, yeah. um, but it's always important stuff. And any, if anybody wants to find me, um, I'm everywhere omnipresent in cyberspace. I have five Facebook pages, a website, House of Darkness, House of Light.com. Just find me. Google my name. You can, and I'm out there. So thank you both very, very much. Thank you again, Andrea. A uh, couple of last uh, shout outs Diane Hilbert, Chanel F., and Greg oh, Rinkin. Yeah, <laughs> Diane's amazing. Yep. So Diane's to fine. finally get a chance to meet her, and I'll just say, I know she'll be there. So. Yes. Yes, she yeah. will. I'll give you a personal introduction. She's a huge fan of yours. Fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> she's she's great. We love Diane. Yeah. So, all right. So, we're going to turn it over to inside yeah, inside the upside down. <laughs> you know, okay. Turn on the turn on the blue lights and we'll be ready to go. We're going to talk about fairies. So, this will be interesting in fairy oh, lore and all that stuff. It was just Fay Day. It was just Fay yeah. Day. Yeah. Right. Go for it. Hey, I know my fairies. I do. I love you guys. I love you. I love you I all. Love Thank you. you. Everybody that came in the chat, everybody that's listening, uh, peace, love, and hope. We can save the world. Let's just do it together, okay? Uh, thanks, Andrea. I love you. Love you. Good night. Good night.